When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. This is Women to Watch. To rise above all of the noise and fulfill every last one of your dreams. Women to Watch, sharing the real stories of the most accomplished women in the world. It is for those frightened children who want peace. It is for those voiceless children who want change. Be inspired by women from across the globe who are encouraging more women to pursue their dreams. True philanthropy comes from living from the heart of yourself and giving what you have been given. Now, Women to Watch. Here's your host, Sue Rocco. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to another week of Women to Watch here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, where we like to share the real story behind the titles of women leaders from around the world. My name is Sue Rocco, and we have a great show for you tonight. Coming up in just a minute, um, in my studio with me is my very special guest, Jennifer Gruba. And Jennifer is the editor-in-chief of Minneapolis Yoga Life, and she's also a school psychologist. And I'm sorry, Minnesota. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm going to confuse Minnesota and Minneapolis throughout the show. Um, All the coastal people do. We're used to it in the Midwest. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And later in the show, we will be joined by Dr. Marianne Ritchie of Jefferson University Hospital for our weekly health watch. And Marianne is going to be uh, addressing the... um, episodes uh, of suicide that we have seen lately in our country, Um, and she's going to be talking about mental illness. And followed by Dr. Ritchie will be our weekly Inspiration Watch, Holly Dowling. And I want to remind everyone to be sure to visit us at womentowatch.net. That's women, the number two, watch.net, N-E-T, to see our lineup of guests and to listen to the podcast if you happen to miss our live show. Um, We love hearing from you. So if you have questions for any of our upcoming guests, feel free to reach out to me at Susan at womentowatch.net, N-E-T. And so now I'm going to welcome to the show and and love having you in my studio, Jennifer Gruba, school psychologist, founder and editor-in-chief of Minnesota Yoga Life magazine. You got it. Yeah. (laughs) So good to have you here. I was happy that you were able to combine your your travels uh, with Philadelphia. Me too. It's been very lovely so far. Good. And did you arrive yesterday? I did. Yeah. Okay. And you're right out the door tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow I go to New York. To New York. Okay, yeah. great. Listen, I, you know, you and I talked a couple of months ago um, a little bit about your your story and your background and why the practice of yoga is so important to you. And I, I want to kind of start with your upbringing um, as a young girl in Minneapolis mm-hmm. and try to, you know, explore what led you to uh, the practice of yoga, what your aspirations and challenges were as a young girl. So just talk for, for a few minutes about your, your family life and your upbringing. 
Sure. So um, I grew up in a um, an inner suburb of Minneapolis, uh, raised by two single parents, my mom and dad, just depending on where I happened to be at the time, um, two younger brothers. Uh, from a very early age, it was really um, important to me that I sort of rise above my circumstances, if you will. Um, and so my mother instilled in me the importance of education and so that led me to psychology that led me to want to help people uh, especially children I've always had an affinity and fondness for children and then later on I would say um, yoga and tell me what what was the kind of the moment that yoga came into your life what was it that spurred you to say I'm going to explore this sure um I first started practicing yoga after the birth of my uh, second child, my daughter, and it was something to do. It was a community education class in a gymnasium, so it wasn't anything fancy, and I did it with my husband at the time. It was something that we could do to sort of connect and get out of the house for short amounts of time, having two young children. And eventually, I grew to love it more and more as it just, it made me feel more and more who I should be if that makes sense, stepping inside myself, feeling more comfortable with myself. All my life, I've always strived to, um, I guess, be fulfilled. And yoga was a way for me to find that physically and spiritually and mentally. Would you describe yourself prior to that as what we typically refer to um, as a perfectionist, perhaps someone, you know, a woman who wants everything a certain way. Absolutely. I am a recovered type A personality for sure. And I really think in retrospect, a lot of those things that I would um, focus on, a lot of those things which were unimportant were really symptoms of something else, um, something else that was not right in my life and something that had to be addressed. But oftentimes we're so busy we're busy doing, we're busy raising children, we're busy working, that we don't really stop to think about why we do certain things. Um. I think, you know, what you just said about um, not the busyness, the busyness of life. Mm -hmm. um, often we talk on the show about whether being busy doesn't always have to be a bad thing, right? If right. you're busy in doing things that bring you joy, that can be a wonderful and fulfilling life. But if you're just kind of busy doing tasks and never really stopping to, to kind of um, evaluate what you're doing, that's when there becomes a problem. Right. And yoga for me really brought that mindfulness element in. So it's not just about, wow, I feel a lot more flexible or, um, you know, getting a smaller waistline it's about living a more mindful life and yoga helped bring me to that place of mindfulness um, so to be able to pause and reflect and really think about why you do certain things and who you associate yourself with those aren't easy things those things take time mm -hmm. and we need to find the time and I know you talked a little bit um, at the beginning about self-care and I know your your next guest is going to be addressing um, the suicide epidemic, if you will. And I really think that we need to start thinking of self-care as not just something we do in our spare time and when we're not busy doing, but as a job. It's just something that you need to do, period, and put it first. Right. Make it a part of your day-to-day. -day. Absolutely. Is there something you can pinpoint 
to when you were a young girl, what led you to be that perfectionist? Was there, were you trying to prove to someone else in your life or, or more to yourself? Absolutely. I always felt I had something to prove um, and a feeling of not being good enough. So if I can get straight A's, if I can be the pretty cheerleader and I have all these other things to bring me external validation, then, then perhaps I'll be deemed as, as good enough. Yeah, I'm just wondering if you can pinpoint to when you were a young girl why you were type A, why sure. a perfectionist. Well, there was chaos in my family life. Growing up with two single parents, um, going back and forth quite a bit, uh, not having a lot of uh, financial resources. And so when you can find things that you can control, whether it's what you look like or um, you know, the things that you're in, in school and the grades you get, that feels good, especially mm-hmm. as a child. Um, a child in the best circumstances doesn't have a lot of control in their life, right? So if you have a child who's growing up in a fairly chaotic home, it feels really good to be able to control a few things and feel that power. Mm. And later on, um, that could <laughs> lead to a little bit of maladjustment. But at the time, I mean, it's, it's, it's a coping mechanism. Yeah, you know, I, I've heard that before. So, so any uh, child who has, as you describe, chaos, it's a, it's a good word, I think, to describe family life that isn't feeling secure and good, right? Then right. children are just, well, I can't control what's going on over there, mm-hmm. but here's what I can control. And that leads to that, that type A. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I would say that, you know, when we talk about commonalities of, people, no matter where they come from. I think something we're all always searching for is peace of mind. And I wonder if you believe this can be attained in the culture that we live in, even even with the practice of, of meditation and yoga and so-called mindfulness. Absolutely, I think it can. I think a lot of problems arise, however, when we are confronted with negative emotions such as fear and sadness and anger and we attempt to stop or control those feelings. I think that's where a lot of um, ugliness in human behavior arises to be quite honest because we're, we feel like we should always be feeling good hmm. instead of managing these emotions and learning to cope with them and, to, and, and talking about them. If you're just tuning in, I'm joined today by Jennifer Gruba, and she is a school psychologist and the founder and editor-in-chief of Minnesota Yoga and Life magazine. Um, let's talk about the magazine and, and what prompted you to, to take on that project, which is a, a lot to manage, um, in addition to the work that you do in schools. Mm-hmm. Serendipity brought it to me. Um, so... I was a yoga teacher, a young yoga teacher, and I had aspired to start leading yoga retreats. I love traveling, I love yoga, and a friend of mine who uh, owned her own travel business at the time talked me into um, starting a yoga uh, retreats business. Okay, listen, we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, we'll finish up talking about this topic. You're listening to Women To Watch. We'll be right back. Since 1858, Mount St. Joseph Academy has been educating girls to be leaders, founders, and independent thinkers. Students are taught to be collaborative, courageous, compassionate, confident, and spiritual. 
In this student-centered environment, the young women are transformed by recognizing their own potential and are encouraged to use it to make a difference in the world. To learn more about Mount St. Joseph Academy, go to www.msjacad.org or call 215-233-3177. That's msjacad.org or 215-233-3177. You're listening to Women to Watch. My name is Sue Rocco, and I'm joined by Jennifer Gruba. This evening, she's a school psychologist and the founder and editor-in-chief of Minnesota Yoga and Life magazine. And just before the break, I had asked you about, you know, your decision to start a magazine. That's a very lofty thing to do and to take on. And, I, you know, for someone who's listening that might be um, having similar aspirations, just tell me the steps. What do you, you have an idea for a magazine and what's the first thing you do? Well, first of all, someone brought the idea to me. That was never something I thought about doing um, oh, I would love to run a magazine someday. I was a school psychologist. I had just started teaching yoga on the side, and I was very passionate about it, and I was excited to be passionate about something like that again. Um, so someone brought me a copy of a newspaper called Yoga Iowa and said, you should do something like this um, in a nutshell. And I thought, well, I don't know how to do something like this. And then someone was brought, literally, to my world who asked me out for lunch and said, you should do this, and this is how you could do it. I'll help you. So I started with a list on a piece of notebook paper, tore it out of, I think, one of my kids' notebooks from school. Step one, go on the Secretary of State website, get an LLC. Step two, open up a Facebook account. So um, I think connecting with the right people mm -hmm. is a big step, but just doing the work. And there's such a community of people today that, um, you know, either teach yoga or take yoga or, and one of the things that you're doing is um, taking yoga into businesses and corporations. Yes. What is that doing for, for employees? Um, it reduces stress, number one. Um, also, something that I've witnessed doing a, a corporate retreat I did in Key West a few months ago is it brings them together in a different way, in a very non-competitive way. People can laugh at each other as they fall out of down dog or commiserate afterwards about, um, you know, oh, my legs hurt, in a good way, of course. So, um, and those, those are just a few superficial examples, but in general, we've talked about going back to that whole uh, idea of peace of mind and just feeling how you should feel as a person, uh, who, who, who the real Sue is, how should you feel, what does that look like for mm -hmm. you? And yoga helps bring you to that. So of course, that's gonna make you a better employee, more efficient, more happy, more dedicated, et cetera. Do you get pushback ever? Well, I'm sure you do from Absolutely. men and women who say, this is so silly, why are we doing this? And what do you say? <laughs> <laughs> so at this particular retreat, the CEO of this company um, that I was hired um, by to teach yoga, he is this big, intimidating ex uh, Israeli bomb squad leader, and that's that's not his official title, but that's it's something <laughs> like that. Your, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he was very intimidating, and he kind of kept joking, maybe we shouldn't do this, maybe we shouldn't do this, and um, I had heard later that. Um, he was feeling quite emotional after the practice, and so here's mm -hmm. this guy with this um, just 
tough demeanor, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Just physically, emotionally, that's just how he presents. And then to hear that, I have to admit, it made me feel kind of good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, or, you know, sometimes I think when people kind of get to that place for the first time, they've never been vulnerable because Mm -hmm. they're always holding themselves together and so tight that it can kind of be scary, right? To feel that emotion. Right. And we hold stress physically in our bodies. And that's what's so great about yoga is that you are addressing that physically and emotionally at the same time. Yeah. One of the things I had, uh, I read one of the blog posts on your uh, digital platform, Mm -hmm. and um, it was about uh, police officers having the opportunity to to go on these retreats. And when I was reading about, you know, the description of people like police officers whose day to day is to see the death of children human cruelty and being exposed to repeated um, violence. That's really tough stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. that not a lot of us uh, do in a day-to-day. Tell me what kind of results you're seeing with that program and why it's so important. I think the fact that some of our local governments are spending money on yoga and mindfulness uh, for their um, first responders uh, says a lot about the efficacy of yoga and um, I can't remember who said it I would like to give them credit but they said something to this effect most police officers and other first responders they're not looking to align their chakras per se or become more flexible per se they want to know they want to be able to sleep at night Mm. because they are faced with the things that you're talking about and so once again because we house all of that stress all of that trauma physically and then obviously we experience it emotionally yoga helps it helps address all of those things in a more holistic way can you share a story about anyone in particular that you have worked with where you have seen this this transformation and and they kind of stay with you um, sure. I have a friend of mine, a, a male friend who started uh, practicing with yoga with me as a student years ago. I was I was a very new yoga teacher and he came into it sort of huffy and puffy in the class. Like, I don't know if I'm going to like this. I don't know if I'm going to be good at this. And he kind of plopped himself down in the corner. And um, over time, it, it, and where I live in the Midwest, too, when you look at the average yoga class, it's very, um, it leans female. There's a lot more females than males in the class. And so this was a very um, masculine guy. And over the course of time, it was nice to hear him come to me and say, hey, you know what? My blood pressure went down, you know, X amount. I lost X amount of inches. I feel so much better. I have a high stress sales job and I'm able to deal with that in a much better way. Thank you. So he sort of had that same mental block. I don't really know why I'm here. Um, And then to hear him um, share that with me is great. And to then share it with other males in the community and say, you should really do this. Other people who think maybe it's not a good enough workout or think it's not for them for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's really fulfilling. Yeah. Let's talk about children doing Mm -hmm. yoga and Mm -hmm. why it's so wonderful for them, you know, in their early years to be learning um, and having the ability to manage stress. I wish I would have had yoga 
when, <laughs> when you were in growing up with chaos in, the, in yeah, your life. Yeah. But I can't imagine something like that um, having been introduced to me. And so we are seeing a lot more of that in the schools. We have to be careful what we call it in the schools. Sometimes it's called, um, you know, mindful based movement, for example. Um, why is why is that? Why do they ha- be, be, have to be some careful? people um, incorrectly impose this religious connotation when they think about yoga and the practice of yoga, and so some people are not comfortable with that, or they oh. think, um, yeah, okay. And so the children are they embracing it? Or are they absolutely, absolutely? And I think about some of the postures that we do in yoga, and it makes me think about even babies. For example, there's a posture called Happy Baby, and we look at the way children move their bodies naturally and the things they do. They're naturally doing some of this. We're just providing them with structure for that. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that's really exciting to me is that I've read about. Um, some schools adopting this policy of instead of detention or staying after school, they're they're putting these children in yoga classes. So instead of a punishment, we're teaching. Mm. We're teaching ways to uh, manage stress and, and manage those things and challenges that face them. Um, when we come back, I, I want to talk about athletes who are now doing yoga, particularly male athletes. You're listening to Women to Watch, and I'm with Jennifer Gruba the editor-in-chief of Minnesota Yoga and Life magazine. We'll be right back. Since 1858, Mount St. Joseph Academy has been educating girls to be leaders, founders, and independent thinkers. Students are taught to be collaborative, courageous, compassionate, confident, and spiritual. In this student-centered environment, the young women are transformed by recognizing their own potential and are encouraged to use it to make a difference in the world. To learn more about Mount St. Joseph Academy, go to www.msjacad.org or call 215-233-3177. That's msjacad.org or 215-233-3177. Do you have a financial advisor who you trust that looks at you as more than just a number? At the Foley Hillsley Group, that person is Kristen Hillsley. Kristen's team has a different approach to managing your wealth called the Panorama Process. This unique process helps you obtain your financial goals easily because it's more than just investments, it's about you. To learn more, visit their website at fhbaird.com or call 610-238-6636. The Foley Hilsey Group is affiliated with Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated Member SIPC. Log on to fhbaird.com to learn more. That's fhbaird.com. So if you need a financial advisor you can trust, call Kristen Hillsley at 610-238-6636. That's 610-238-6636. Sue Rocco here with Jennifer Gruba, and we're talking about yoga and magazines and uh, wellness and, and mindfulness and all of that good stuff. It's, it's very much in the news and, you know, at, at, in conversation. And um, I... I'm hearing a lot about athletes, young athletes, you know, high school boys um, taking yoga to better their sport. 
Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? I think it's great. Again, it's just another sign that this very evidence-based and yet ancient practice has a lot of benefits that we are still continuing to learn about for various populations. One of my first articles in Minnesota Yoga and Life was about um, a boys hockey team from northern Minnesota who invested in a yoga teacher for their hockey team year-round. Mm-hmm to prevent injury and, and also to enhance performance. And that's huge for these parents up there to have that kind of buy-in and really notice that it's keeping their children healthier and able to play longer. That's a really big deal. Yeah, it, a buy-in, as you said, for both, I think, um, people that would typically kind of turn their nose at it. Absolutely. Right? And also to be investing in it, I think, shows you know, that that the outcome is good. Yep. I wanted to give you a minute to talk about the Blue Lotus yoga retreats that you do and, and, you know, really kind of give our listeners a sense of of what they can um, experience if they attend. Yes. So actually Sunday, just a few hours after um, the show is going to be on the air, I'll be boarding an airplane to go to Reykjavik, Iceland for my next yoga retreat. And I really wanted to marry yoga and travel because they're both huge opportunities for growth and just to experience the richness of life. So each time I go to a place, I like to incorporate the unique elements of that of that particular place. So, for example, one of my first retreats was in Sedona. So we meditated uh, among the Red Rocks. In Puerto Vallarta, we had salsa dancing as part of the yoga retreat. And Iceland will be exploring all of the wonderful um, landmarks they have, the volcanoes and the Blue Lagoon and waterfalls and things of that nature. Some of the food, we're doing a foodie walking tour in Reykjavik. So that's uh, one of the things that really gets me excited about what I'm doing is that, yes, we're incorporating yoga and mindfulness, but we're also incorporating those unique elements of the places that we visit. You have a very good job. <laughs> I have a, a very fun job. I have a lot of jobs, though. I wear a lot of hats, but yeah. thank you. I have to remind myself of that as I'm like, school psychologist, hat, yoga teacher, mom. Right. I don't know what I'm doing Editor. today. Just someone tell me. Right, but it sounds, you know, we're going to Iceland, we're going to Sedona, we're doing this. Yes. But yeah, that part of it. But, you know, to be honest, travel is stressful. You know, in Absolutely. itself, right? You can't travel today without something going wrong. <laughs> what, what is your personal mantra in those moments of when everything is not going the way that you know you had planned? Lately, uh, a word that comes into mind for me is faith. Faith that everything will work out as it should, and that's really hard because it goes back to that letting go of the Type A personality and the control and. Uh, at the same time, not being overly fatalistic, as if everything is out of my hands. But okay, I'm. I've done what I could do in this situation. The rest, I have to have faith that things will work out as they should. You know, earlier in the conversation, you you said something about we all um, should be able to be who we're meant to be, mm-hmm. or feel the you know feel the way we want to feel. And I wanted to talk to you about your your divorced and you mentioned that and you have two children yes. and um they're I'm, lovely lovely children by oh, the way they're I'm beautiful. sure I'm sure <laughs> and I and I do want to ask you at some point you know how how you speak to them you know there are 11 and 12 uh, 10 and 12 rather Correct. a daughter who's 10 and, and a son who's 12 um but you and your husband separated and and there was not a a major reason for that can you describe what it was that you were seeing in yourself that moved you to make that decision 
just an undercurrent of knowing something was wrong. And I think it's no accident that that started to be more obvious to me when yoga came into my life. So I was investing emotionally in a lot of things that didn't matter. Again, going back to you know how my house looked. Did I have the perfect house and matching jewelry and, and things like that? Um, how, how, how are the, the tchotchkes on my mantle arranged? Is it symmetrical? Um, <laughs> all the exterior things. All the exterior all the things. All the exterior things, yeah. um, And um, so through yoga, I, I just came to realize, no, there's something else wrong here. Even though this is a, this is a wonderful human being and, and a man that was very good to me. And that's where really I had to be brave. Because I had people stare at me when I would say, I'm not so sure about my marriage anymore. Like, something was wrong with me. Well, what's wrong? Is he hurting you? Is there cheating? Is there abuse? No. No. Um, so I read a book called Broken Open by Elizabeth Lesser. And that really gave me the courage to um, be okay with that. Be okay with there not being this huge, huge reason how about the fact that we're just not compatible anymore and we're just not best friends anymore? Maybe that's reason enough. Did you marry young? Uh, 26, so mm-hmm. not terribly young. Young to kids today who yeah. are waiting. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, not right out of high school, not right out of college. I studied abroad. I saw the world a bit. Mm-hmm. I went to graduate school on the East Coast, so I got out of Minnesota, which is actually where I met him. So, you know, I had lived a little bit of life before I got married. And at the time, I think this goes back to my upbringing as well, is all I really wanted was someone to treat me well and to have a nice little house and nice little kids and a good little job. And that should be it. And right, but, but that's never enough, right? If you're not no. intern, right? If you're not feeling good inside. But I had this fire for something, and I just couldn't quite figure it out. Have you? I'm getting there. I I'm always forever a student of life. I'm getting there. I keep exploring. I do. I do think I'm getting closer and closer to channeling that, mm-hmm. and and closer and closer to just feeling more comfortable in my skin and who, I, who I'm supposed to be. That doesn't mean my life is perfect. If anything, my life is more chaotic and more crazy, and I wear all of these hats and I can barely keep up with myself. But I feel like, with all of that said, I'm still where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Would you say, um, do you believe that each person has an individual purpose to be here? Absolutely. I think oftentimes we have more than one purpose. For example, I know for me, being the mother to my children is, is one of my major purposes. But I also know, uh, for me, there's more than that. And it doesn't mean that's not enough, but it also means there's more. There's more to me that I want to give. There's more to me that I need to do. Is there something on, you know, and that's, you're not aware of what that is yet? Or is there something on your, your I think I'm on list, the so right track with media, service to others, yoga and wellness. That's enough. That's enough. <laughs> Travel, you, if I can throw that in there, that's great too. Yeah. You know, what is your definition of success? So, you know, I interview women who have accomplished many different things. Mm-hmm. And um, what, what is your definition of success? Well, again, years ago, when I had the perfect house and this picture-perfect family, I, a lot of people would have characterized me as being more successful then, and maybe I would have too, but I actually feel more successful now because I am closer to that place where I feel who I'm supposed to be, so I, I, I'm feeling balanced. 
I have a fulfilling career life. I am surrounding myself with real friends, a community. I'm doing things that I love to do. I'm being challenged and stimulated. Do you have in your, you know, because you're wearing many hats and you're managing the magazine, the business, um, and you travel and you speak, is there one thing that's closest to your heart that you enjoy the most? Do you mean in terms of a hobby or what do you mean in terms of... In the work that you do, you know, the work that all that encompasses the work that you're doing. Being a helper. I mean, ever since I was young, I knew I wanted to be a helper of some sort. I, I thought I'd want to be a teacher, then a nurse. It's funny. My dad said, don't be a nurse. There's such a high burnout rate. So then I become a school psychologist. So. <laughs> um, honestly, for me, the look that I get from people when they come out of Shavasana in a yoga class is one of the most fulfilling things. And their hair is messy and they have sort of this um, gaze in their eyes and they look like a little kid who just rose from a nap. That for me is, is something. I love that when they just feel good. Even if it's temporary just for the next few hours, that's it. I know I've helped them do that for themselves. Yeah. Tell me what you say to your children, uh, particularly your daughter. So in this world of, I don't want to talk about the Me Too movement, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of conversations around um, respect for women and girls. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what kind of conversations do you have with her to prepare her for um, what might come and to give her that self-esteem to be able to speak up for mm -hmm. herself? Um, that's a tough job. She was, she's always been on the shy side. So I'm always worried about her advocating for herself. So, um, first of all, I try to take the emphasis off her looks when I compliment her and try to, um, positively reinforce where she's at and what she's doing. And I guess it depends on what it, what kind of questions is she asking, right? Well, and we just re recently ran into a conversation where I had to talk to her about this. So I think after the break, it'll be good to address. Okay. You're listening to Women to Watch. We'll be right back. Do you have a financial advisor who you trust that looks at you as more than just a number? At the Foley Hillsley Group, that person is Kristen Hillsley. Kristen's team has a different approach to managing your wealth called the Panorama Process. This unique process helps you obtain your financial goals easily because it's more than just investments, it's about you. To learn more, visit their website at fhbaird.com or call 610-238-6636. The Foley Hillsley Group is affiliated with Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated Member SIPC. Log on to fhbaird.com to learn more. That's F-H-B-A-I-R-D.com. So if you need a financial advisor you can trust, call Kristen Hillsley at 610-238-6636. That's 610-238-6636. Okay. Welcome back. 
welcome back. You're listening to Women to Watch. I'm Sue Rocco, and I'm speaking with Jennifer Gruba. She is a school psychologist, and she's also the founder and editor-in-chief of Minnesota Yoga and Life magazine. And um, just before the break, you had said that your daughter, your 10-year-old daughter, came to you um, with an issue. Why don't you tell us about that? She had that mentioned to me that something that a coach had done had made her uncomfortable. And she was quick to say, he touched me, mom, but it wasn't inappropriate. I've had that discussion with my children at a very young age with telling them the proper names for their private body parts and that, you know, they should alert us if anyone touches them there or anything like that. So she was quick to say that he didn't touch me, but it wasn't inappropriate because of course my eyes got really big and my mama bear instant came out (laughs) yeah I think I would have my my gut would have hurt yes yeah Yeah. my guts did drop a little bit I'm not going to lie um so you know she showed me what he had done and 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 this person I have no doubt had no malintent um at all but what I wanted to reassure her was Anna even if that touch was not inappropriate. The fact that it made you uncomfortable means that it shouldn't happen again and it won't happen again and I will do what I need to do on my end to ensure that doesn't happen. Does that make sense? So just because it wasn't sexual in nature, if it made her feel uncomfortable, it's not okay. Yeah. It's not okay. And so to empower her as a 10-year-old that's important. Yeah, so she I, understands that. Yeah, and I guess we need to teach a young girl to be able to say at a moment like that, um, I know you're not meaning anything, but I feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Just to bring that awareness without it having to be um, a major issue. It's delicate, though, right? It's it very is. delicate. And to teach that, that that's okay, because how hard is that to say? It makes you feel like the bad guy. I'm creating this awkward situation by telling someone that this makes me feel uncomfortable. Well, enough of that. Who cares? Well, not only not knowing what's in someone's Mm -hmm. heart is Mm -hmm. the issue because what was their intention? And Mm -hmm. and often it can be completely innocent. So then you have this guilt of calling someone out or bringing something Mm -hmm. up. Um, But I think at the end of the day, we instinctively know Mm-hmm. When something fe- doesn't feel good to us or it does. And I think the good news is because of all the awareness and conversations we're having, now young women have the power to say, s- to speak up at that very moment. Don't let it, don't let it go away mm-hmm. um, and address it. Address it right then and there. Right. I think we're on the right path. I still think there's a lot of shame associated with that and a lot of stigmatism associated with that. But I think we're definitely on the right path in terms of, you know, Voicing that, yeah. Um, can you talk to our listeners and give them uh, some advice? Um, advice on if there's a, a young woman or a man who who they they're feeling what you talked about when you were in your marriage, where something wasn't anything specific, but something wasn't just right, and you weren't feeling good about yourself. Um, how perhaps going and attending a yoga class might give them the clarity that they need. It does. In a yoga class, we do all of this movement. We move our bodies in various ways to come to a place of stillness. And when we're at that place, we're able to pay a little bit more attention to our thoughts, our emotions, and what's going on inside. We kind of can just clear the the crap away, if you will. Um, But also, I think... 
to not let fear rule you. That's something that's really resonated with me a lot lately. We're meant to feel fear in some situations, right? Um, You see a bear, you should be scared so you can get out of there and you can survive. But we're in the fight or flight response so much collectively, really for no apparent reason. We're afraid. I was afraid to come here. I didn't want to do this today. (laughs) (laughs) But here I am. Here you are. And I've grown. And that's why you need to do these things that you're that you're afraid of sometimes. Yeah, very. Well, I'm glad that you did. And and, um, you're practicing what you preach. I try. Um, I thank you so much for joining me today, Jennifer. And uh, we'll be sharing all the information for your magazine and your retreats on our website. Wonderful. Thank you, Sue. I wish you continued success. Thank you. Stay tuned for our watch team coming up next. Women to watch. Welcome to the show, Dr. Richie. I understand you're going to be talking to our listeners today about the growing issue of suicide in our country. Yes. So sadly, the passing of Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain reflect the rising trend in suicide rates in the U.S. Recent data from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention show a nearly 30% increase just since 1999. And though it's often preventable, suicide is rarely a result of a single factor. Mental illness is often a cause and can be treated. But again, the CDC reports that 54% of suicides in 2016 did not have a mental health diagnosis. Maybe a person has issues with relationships, finances, they lose their job, a life transition, or substance abuse. And they just don't have the coping mechanisms or the problem-solving skills to face these challenges. And many of our veterans are turning to suicide. So remember... Mental health is not separate from your physical health. Both are part of you as one person. Take time to care for your inner self. And there's no stigma to mental illness. For others who have lost someone to suicide, do not blame yourself. Though sometimes there are warning signs, often there are not. And finally, no one should have to feel terrible every day. If you're feeling overwhelmed or hopeless, get help. At Jefferson, Dr. Madeline Becker is an outstanding psychiatrist specializing in women's health and general psychiatry, along with many excellent psychiatrists. Or even start with your family doctor for guidance. And please, if you are contemplating harm to yourself, go to the nearest emergency room, because you are not alone. Every life is precious. Thank you so much for that very important reminder, Dr. Ritchie. And up next, Holly Dowling for our Inspiration Watch. We're now going to turn our attention to the amazing Holly Dowling, who's going to be talking to us this week about detox, how we can detox our life. And I love this topic. And here we go. For so many of us, the biggest toxin of all, as we think about detoxifying our life, happens to be the people in our life. And so when we talk about detoxifying our life, I'm going to inspire every single one of you out there to begin taking an inventory of the people in your life and how you're spending your discretionary time, both professionally and personally. The people you choose to spend your time with bring out the either very best of you or they deplete the life out of you. So it's time to start watching out for what I call the emotional vampires. And people don't mean to be this way. They don't intend to do this. But you and I both know the energy and the time 
that happens that is zapped from you and how you feel after you've been dragged through the seaweed and the sludge of spending time with emotional vampires. So empower yourself today. It is time to start taking an inventory. Look at who and how you're spending your time. And it is one of the greatest gifts you're going to be able to give yourself is to be able to start saying, you know what? I want to spend more time up and inspire me versus spending time with the people that zap the life out of us. So take the challenge and go take an inventory and eliminate and detox your life. This program is a paid commercial announcement and in no way represents the views of WPHT or its management. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.